Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Good morning, everybody in the land of podcast. And this is the Grace for This City podcast. We're honored to be coming at you this morning. And uh, we've got a great episode planned. And listen, we're helping you turn cities upside down. And how are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and scriptural strategies so that you can get out there and get some stuff done for Jesus. And I know you're doing it, friends. I know you are doing it. Hallelujah. Because we were born to be right out there, right on the edge with him. Not off in a ditch somewhere, but right lockstep with him. And I know you're doing that. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, one thing we're doing is uh, it would be our honor to be able to get the word out there. The Lord told us, get the word out. Don't get your name out. Don't seek to get your name out there. Seek to get the word out there. And so one thing we started doing is producing CDs and mailing them to people at no charge. And if you know somebody that would be blessed by the content and this is the format that uh, would be the best for them, well, we'll mail it to them at no charge. I'm holding one right here. This is uh, Kairos Appointments. This was episode 43. This has been a a while back, but I'm telling you, this one is a good one. Uh, Kairos Appointments. Kairos Moments. I'm telling you, it gets you into like a slipstream. And when you get into the perfect timing of a thing that God has for you, It's like you're able to move forward with little to no resistance. Oh, this is a great episode, great teaching. And so if you know somebody that would be blessed to have that, send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Give us their name and address, and we'll get it out to them at no charge. Also, I want to uh, invite you to participate in a project. Help us accomplish this vision. We've got a facility on our property here that we want to remodel and turn into a studio. And uh, we'll be able to house three studios in that facility. Uh, One of the studio sets will be an interview style. We sit down on a couch and a chair and have a conversation with guests that way. One of the other studios is uh, uh, an expanded podcast studio. Uh, We can take this set. If you're watching me, you can see the studio set that we're here. It's very simple, very basic, but we're able to, uh, over there, we'll be able to take it a little bit further. And then the third set is what we're calling, uh, it'll be a, a series of teachings and trainings that we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. And we'll be able to help somebody grab a hold to the word of God, the milk of the word, and develop them all the way up to where they're on the meat of the word. And so if you want to be a part of that, several ways you can do that. If you want to financially contribute, you can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. And there's instructions there, but uh, you can select the drop down menu, select the studio project. And we thank you in advance for helping us accomplish that vision. Money's been coming in. We haven't started construction yet. We're uh, waiting for a little more funds to come in and kickstart that, but money's coming in. And we say thank you in advance for helping us accomplish that vision. Our ministry and our materials, podcast, uh, uh, our sermons, all of the uh, uh, ministry aspects have been in 155 nations so far. And so you have been a part of that. We want to touch every nation. And so expanding our studios to be able to create more content, produce more uh, things, get the word out there in a greater level is going to help us accomplish that. All right, let's jump into this today. I want to talk about principalities and powers, principalities and powers. And uh, the Bible tells us, warns us really, that uh, in 2 Timothy 3, that in the last days, 
it will be perilous times. Perilous, the Greek word kalipos. That's a time that is specifically earmarked by demonic activity. And friends, I'm telling you that you can just look out here right now. You can look out at what's going on in the nation and in the world, and you can tell that there's an increase in some pretty nefarious things going on. Well, the Bible has already prophesied into that end. And so we're just living in to what the Bible has already concluded for us. Now, I want to do a little bit of a teaching here on the podcast. Again, we want to talk about principalities and powers. And in Ephesians, the Bible gives us a breakdown of the demonic hierarchy. And each of these phrases in the Greek is actually giving a a description to how these particular principalities, powers, these demonic forces work. So let's go ahead and turn there. Turn with me to uh, to Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We're going to talk about that because that's a very interesting phrase. And then um, verse 13, it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Listen, friends, the Bible already prophesies that the end of days will be marked by an increase in demonic activity. Of course, the adverse is true. It will also be marked by an increase in the glory of the Lord. And so we're anticipating that. Uh, but we want to be aware so that we're not caught off guard that the enemy is going to try and draw you into a fight. He's going to try and lure you into a fight. And should you find yourself, now we're not looking for a fight, but should you find yourself in the ring with the devil, then uh, you need to know how to be able to withstand him and come out victorious every time. Now, before we jump into looking at each of these four phrases that describe the various hierarchy of demon spirits, I want to draw your attention to this very first word here in verse 10. It says, finally. You see that there where it says, finally, my brethren. Now, a uh, expositor, one expositor said this, that this word uh, could be translated like this, now for the rest of the matter. Or it could be translated like this, that in this Greek word, this idea, the concept behind this Greek word could be translated, I have saved the most important issue to the end of the letter. If you don't remember anything else, remember this, that what I'm about to say is the most important thing I have to tell you. Now, when you take that in context, you understand that Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are amazing uh, chapters. They're amazing parts of this letter that was written to the born-again believer. It is full of revelation, so much insight into our place, our heavenly calling, our heavenly vocation, as he talks about in Ephesians 4. But then he says this when he gets to chapter 6, finally, or all this has been awesome and good, and you need 1 through 5. But he says, I've saved the most important thing for the very last part of this letter. And this is when he goes into uh, telling us, describing to us, uh, warning us, giving us the strategic, the strategic advantage, which is advanced knowledge, that there are forces, unseen forces, that are going to try and draw you into a pele or into a wrestle. Now let's go to verse 12. And Paul begins to write to you and I about what we will encounter 
in spiritual warfare. And he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Notice the word against is used several times throughout this verse. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, is making a very important distinction. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. But our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. Our, our, our battle, our combat, our pele will not be against humans, but against principalities and powers, these rulers, these demonic beings that are operating behind the scene. Again, this passage just does not say that we do not wrestle at all, but Holy, Spirit's, uh, Holy Spirit wants us to know and wants to be clear whom it is and what it is that we will face and have to do battle against. Now, again, this word wrestle is the Greek word pros, pros, P-R-O-S-S, pros. And it's a word that signifies intimacy, not sexual, but proximity, closeness. Um, it's like face-to-face. This word pros means face-to-face. It means shoulder-to-shoulder. It means nose-to-nose. It means ribcage-to-ribcage. Again, it's used in various places uh, to describe uh, in, in, in a proximity that is so close that it's intimate, although it doesn't necessarily include a sexual connotation. It doesn't mean sexual, but it just means close. And he says, this is how close you are going to come with these powers behind the scenes. You will be pros. You will be nose to nose. I mean, you're going to be so close, you could feel the breath coming out of their nose. I mean, you're going to be face to face with, with these beings. You're going to be shoulder to shoulder. They are going to try and draw you in as close as possible. But we do not need to be afraid. Several times, like Romans 8.37, he says, despite all these things, he says, you are more than conquerors. Overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus who loves us. Again, we are being drawn into a battle. These days, eschatos uh, is marked with perilous or kalipos, significant demonic activity that you may be um, unfamiliar with. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it goes on several verses down, like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. You get into those 12, 13, 14, somewhere right in there. And he begins to tell us, the Holy Spirit tells us that enchanters, sorcerers, those who work in uh, witchcraft or magic or dark things, they not only will be increasing in their numbers, meaning they're recruiting, but they're increasing in their abilities as well. They will grow worse and worse or increase more and more, the Bible says. But again, he says that even though you will feel like a sheep among wolves, he says, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Hallelujah. Can you tell the setup here? He's saying these are going to be the worst of days, but don't worry about it because I'm going to be right there. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And it's going to be a prime setup for the miraculous demonstration and power of God in these days. You just need to know in case you're caught off guard. Of course, this is why we're talking about it. So you're not caught off guard that you're going to see things, experience things. You're going to witness things that um, are at a level that you and I have never experienced before. So he says, we do not wrestle against. This word wrestle is the Greek word pele. It means struggle, combat. Um, it, it's a strong word. It's a powerful word. Uh, but he says, even though you're going to be drawn into this, have, have no fear. I'm going to be with you. 
and you are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Now let's jump down here to this verse in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Again, flesh and blood is a diversion, really. Flesh and blood is a facade. Flesh and blood is a pretense. Flesh and blood is a front. These demonic powers are looking for somebody who is simply deceived into being, you know, a, um, a, a decoy. Uh, that facade, that pretense, that's, that, that, that front. The real action is what's working behind the flesh and blood. And these are described in order principalities. Number two, powers. Number three, rulers of the darkness of this world. And then number four, the, uh, where's it at here? The hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. All right, let's look at number one. Number one here, principalities. Now, this Greek word, uh, all, the, all these Greek words that Paul used here were military terms. This word principalities describes those who hold the chiefest seats of power and who have held them since ancient times. This is old power. This is power that's been there for a long time. Again, principalities, that Greek word, it's a military term, and it describes those who hold the chiefest seats, or they're the highest ranking in the demonic world. And they have held those positions since ancient times. Again, it's a military word used to describe the highest ranking generals, and those who hold the highest position of power. Now, next is powers. Powers. Those who have received license from the ones above. So the second level of demonic authority is called powers. That Greek word means somebody or those referring to these demon spirits. They have been empowered directly from the ones above. So the principalities have delegated, designated this next level called powers. That's how Paul described them, powers. They're demon beings, but he called them powers. They have received particular license from the ones above. They're second level in rank and authority. And get this, here's, here's what the Greek word, the military term means. It described a free pass to do as one pleased within a particular area or location. That's what these powers are. They've received authority from the ones directly above them, second level rank and authority. But it was a military term used to describe a free pass to do as one pleased within a particular area or location. Wow, that's interesting. So there's principalities, there's powers, and now the third ones. Now the third ones, this is very interesting here. This Greek word is cosmos kratoros, cosmos kratoros. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right. Uh, K-O-S-M-O-K-R-A-T-O-R-A-S, cosmos kratoros, I I think is the better way to say it. And it's only used once in the whole of the New Testament, and it's right here. The Holy Spirit uh, encouraged Paul to describe it this way. Now, there's only one meaning and one definition for this Greek word. Now, in the English, it's 
rulers of the darkness of this world. Rulers of the darkness of this world. But that phrase is one Greek word, cosmos krateros. One meaning, one definition. Now let's break it down because it is a compound word. All right, here's the first part, cosmos. And it describes something that is arranged and orderly. Kratos is the Greek word for power. And when you combine cosmos and kratos, you get cosmos kratoros. And it describes raw power that has been harnessed, disciplined, and focused. Again, it was the military word used by the Greeks to describe like a boot camp or an intense training center. You say, well, what is a boot camp? Well, a boot camp is a place where you take raw power, like young men and young women, you harness them and discipline them, and you train them, and you put weapons in their hands and send them out on missions. So when you take the actual uh, working out of that word that was used in the ancient Greek times, and you associate that, because Holy Spirit said to associate that with these particular this particular level of demonic op- uh, operation, we get this definition. These are demon spirits that the devil has trained in the same way that we would train soldiers to do combat. These rulers of darkness are trained demon beings who are specifically trained in a particular weapon or in a particular strategy. We could say it like this, that this level of demons are one-trick ponies. They do one thing. We would know them as like spirits of infirmity or spirits of affliction. Remember the woman that was bound 18 years? She was bent over. Jesus delivered her from what? A spirit of infirmity. What were what what was going on behind the scenes? It was a demon spirit that was trained in how to afflict somebody in particularly with like the curvature of the spine, say. It was a crippling effect of the back. And this woman was suffering under that for 18 years. Well, Jesus diagnosed it properly, okay? And, and whenever we talk about these things, you know, I'm not saying there's a demon behind everything, but surely there's a lot of demons behind a lot of things. We're not going around saying there's a demon around every tree. What we are saying is, though, is as the Spirit gives revelation, some physical issues are not just a physical issue alone. There is an influence, a power that has been trained in how to manipulate the natural realm because the natural realm is easily manipulated. They've been trained in how to manipulate it, and they can work this, what we would know as witchcraft, they can work this witchcraft even on people's physical bodies. Again, this is the rulers of darkness. These are demonic beings who have been trained. Their raw power has been harnessed. They've been educated, if you will. They've been trained in one particular thing. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's uh, bone diseases. Maybe it's some sort of rot or decay. Maybe it's some other sickness. Maybe it's a mental uh, issue. I mean, how, how many stories have you heard of people in, you know, psych wards? You know, you don't see very many psych wards anymore. They don't really put them in institutions much these days. They just medicate them. Uh, they, they just medicate them is what they do. Um, but but, but so how many stories have you heard of, I mean, dozens and hundreds and thousands of stories of people who've been delivered from demons and instantly their schizophrenia was healed. Instantly their mental problems were healed. Bipolar was healed. I'm not saying uh, bipolar is caused by a demon, but I'm saying there are cases I'm not saying all mental illness 
is necessarily a demon spirit. But there are situations, there are many situations where people have lost their mind. It's called delusion. They've lost their mind and, and they have given over to these uh, crazy imaginations. They've been trapped in these imaginations, uh, hallucinations, these apparitions, things that they are seeing. They've been plagued by these things. Many, so many of those situations are demonically inspired. Well, what, are, what is the level? What are the class, if you will? What's the hierarchy of demons that do that? Those are rulers of darkness. That's what they're called. That's what the Bible calls them. Those demons are rulers of darkness. Now, let me share a story. And Rick Renner, if you know who Rick Renner is, he's a Greek scholar. Uh, he has a ministry in Russia. And uh, let me tell you a story. This is a true story. And I heard him share this story firsthand. But he shares a story of a couple that came to him at some meetings he was hosting in Enid, Oklahoma. All right, let me read it to you. Some years ago, in a meeting in Enid, Oklahoma, an invitation was given uh, to anybody present. Rick is saying that the Lord told him that if anybody who wanted healing, that they were to come forward and down to the front and that he would lay hands on them and minister healing to them. Well, a man and his wife came down to the front. And as it turned out through, through conversation, that the man and his wife were from a denominational church that didn't speak about healing, and therefore they knew practically nothing at all about God's will to heal. In fact, they were actually somewhat oblivious as to why they were even at this particular meeting and why they were even standing up at the front. Well, Rick Renner said to them, well, you must be up here because you need healing of some sort. The minister, Rick, he asked them, how could he pray for them? At that, the man pulled his hands out of his pockets. Now, again, I heard Rick Renner share this story firsthand. He's sitting there and he's looking at this guy's hands. He said his hands were so deformed. He said this man's hands were so twisted, so perverted. His fingers were twisted and manipulated. It looked as if some of his fingers had grown back into his hand and were protruding through to the other side of his palm. Both of his hands were identical. Rick asked him, what happened to your hands? The man said, quote, I know that you won't believe me, but I'll tell you what I told the doctor. He said he felt something come upon his hands. He said, I felt it. My hands began to hurt. He said, after he went to the doctor, that they diagnosed him with a rare form of arthritis. They tried several surgeries, and he had scars to even prove it. But nothing the doctors tried stopped the twisting of his fingers and his hands. He said that over a period of time that his hands had stopped deforming. He said over a period of time, suddenly his hands had stopped twisting. He said at that time he felt the same thing that come, came on him. He said he felt it lift off and leave him. Now, Rick Renner says that his wife was standing right there next to him, and she had her hands behind her back. And Rick asked her what she needed prayer for. She said, there's a part of the story that my husband didn't tell you. She said, when whatever it was came off his hands, it came on me. She pulled her hands out from behind her back, and her hands were just as deformed and twisted and perverted as her husband's hands. Now, Rick said, as he's telling this story, 
He said, at that moment, the Lord began to show him that that phrase in the Greek, cosmos krateros, rulers of darkness, this is exactly what they do. For example, what we have just described in this couple's case with this rare form of arthritis. Now, maybe not all arthritis is demonically inspired, but in this case, it definitely was. uh, Specifically, Rick Renner said that this was the spirit of affliction, cosmos krateros, demon spirits that have been trained, that raw power have been harnessed. They have been trained, educated, if, if you will, in how to afflict the human body with something terrible. And in this case, the the doctors in their limited understanding, remember medical science cannot read into the spirit realm. Medical science can only measure and read and get response back from the natural realm. And so all doctors could do is diagnosis as some form of strange or rare arthritis. But here the Lord was revealing behind the scenes, this was a spirit involved. And they had been trained in one particular weapon, one particular affliction. And once it was finished doing what it did to one, in this case, it was the husband, it dislodged itself and moved on to another and began to do the same thing. It did the exact same thing to this man's wife. Rulers of darkness are demonic soldiers raw power who have been disciplined and trained in a specific skill and sent forth to perpetrate that on people um, that they have access to. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So that's Cosmos Krateros. So listen, any situation that is uh, the root cause is a demon spirit. Let me share a story by my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin. He was holding some meetings, and at the end of the meeting, he called for anybody that wanted prayer. Well, there's a man that came up. And the man came up and Brother Hagin asked him, what is it that you need prayer for? And the guy said that he had been diagnosed with throat cancer. And suddenly Brother Hagin uh, had the discerning of spirits. Remember from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he had the discerning of spirits begin to move on, on him. And he said something shifted and he was able to see into the spirit realm. And as he looked in the spirit realm, he said he saw a demon sitting on the shoulder of this man, sitting on the shoulder of this man. And that demon had its hand reached in there and had his hand around the throat of this man. Suddenly, that uh, operation of the spirit, of discerning of spirits, lifted. Brother Hagin is back, and he's sitting there, and he's looking at this guy. Well, now the Lord showed him the strategy. He had the knowledge he needed behind the scenes. He had the knowledge he needed that revealed what was going on behind the scenes, and he knew now how to deal with this situation. He commanded that spirit of affliction, that spirit of infirmity, to come off of that man in the name of Jesus. Suddenly, Brother Hagin was caught back up in the spirit. He had the discerning of spirits again, and he could see that demon and his hand around that man's throat. He said after he prayed that prayer, that demon let go of that man's throat, jumped down off his shoulder, and ran out the back of the church. That man was instantly healed that very moment. Hallelujah, somebody. That is Cosmos Krateros. That was a demon spirit that was trained in one thing. And in this man's situation, it was cancer. That's what that demon does. He goes around looking for somebody that has given him legal access, maybe through unforgiveness, unforgiveness, bitterness, many times, not not every time, but surely many times is a doorway in which demon spirits can come in legally and begin to afflict your physical body. 
Unforgiveness is surely like a cancer. Ha, hallelujah. If it doesn't literally uh, give way to cancer in your physical body, it'll, it'll erode you from the inside out in other ways. You want to close the door on, on the devil for sure. Uh, but let's say that there is a demon spirit that's afflicting you. In the name of Jesus, you can be delivered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. Now, let's go on to the last one that Holy Spirit encouraged Paul to write to you and I about. We have this letter, this all the letters, um, like what we would call the New Testament letters. The majority of them, if not all of them, are written to the saints or to the church or to the ecclesia, which is the born-again believer. The ecclesia are all those who are called out and into the body of Christ. They've been invited into this marriage covenant with him, and they are the ones being established and set up as the temple of the Lord or of the Holy Spirit through whom he can divulge all of his glory in. All right, so this is being written to you and I. Some of you say, well, I don't like to talk about this stuff. Well, it's written to you. It's written to us for our admonition. It's written to us for our edification. It's written to us so we can be aware of these things. All right, lastly, Holy Spirit reveals the fourth level of the demonic hierarchy. This is the lowest level. And the Bible phrases it like this, hosts of wickedness in the heavenly or the high places. Very interesting that this word or the phrase high places in the Greek actually describes the breathable air below the mountaintops. So actually, these hosts of wickedness are those who their location, if you will, is on the face of the earth. Remember when Jesus cast the legion out of the man, they first said, uh, they first uh, asked Jesus if they would not, if he would not, excuse me, cast them out of the region. These low-level demons for lack of a better way of saying it, are regional. They're territorial. They want to stay in the area they're most familiar with. And here, these hosts of wickedness, the early church fathers said this. They, they said that the lower, denser regions of the air is thickly populated with unseen spirits which have been marshaled against us for our destruction. These are the lowest level, lowest ranking demons that harass, agitate, and oppress. Now listen, the devil has aligned himself and arranged these demonic forces purposefully to victimize the human race. Paul used combative and militaristic language to let us know that the devil seeks to be at war with us and that he intends to confront us whenever possible. Again, remember we talked about the word pros. It's translated against. I'm telling you, the devil wants to get right up in your face. Hallelujah. But uh, we need to remember that he has equipped us to be overcomers should that happen. Again, Paul uses this word pros, this word against, to describe the proximity and personal contact we will have with this enemy. Pros, face-to-face with principalities. Pros, shoulder-to-shoulder with powers. Pros, ribcage-to-ribcage with rulers of darkness. Pros, as close as physically possible, combative contact with wicked spiritual beings who have been assigned in mass numbers upon the earth. Listen, the devil and all his minions, they have one motto. Here's their motto. We steal, we kill, and we destroy. That's, 
That's the devil's motto. That's all these demon, that's the powers of darkness. That's their model. But notice what the Holy Spirit said. He said, put on your armor. He just told us that you're going to be close with these things. He just told us that you're going to, you're, you at some point are going to be drawn into proximity with these nefarious players. But he said, you need to put on your armor, put on your armor because you're going to need this based on what I just told you is what Holy Spirit is saying. You are in eschatos. You are in perilous times, friends, and we need to be suited up. Hallelujah. We have things to do. Listen, our mission is not going around trying to rustle up demons. That's not our mission. That's not our objective. Um, our mission is the deliverance of people. Our mission is the gospel or the ministry of reconciliation. We are after setting the captives free. But in that process, you and I may run into some of the uh, things, the demons that are holding these people in bondage, and we'll have to deal with them. But he said, put on this armor because you're going to need it, friends. You're going to need it because uh, in order to set people free, you may have to come into proximity again with their captors. Now, he said, above all, taking the shield of faith. Let me share this with you. We're not going to go through the whole armor here. But he said, above all, take the shield of faith. You know, Paul uh, was at one point uh, chained to a Roman soldier. And so, you know, every day he got a kind of a, you know, a firsthand look at the equipment, the armor, the suit, uh, the uh, uniform that this soldier would put on every day. And uh, they were outfitted meaning that their armor, according to history, each of these Roman soldiers, their armor was custom tailored to fit them uh, because there is no such thing as one size fits all. For example, the shield of a Roman soldier was designed to cover their entire body and to shield them from attack. It was the perfect height and the perfect width. Their shield was tailored to their body type and size. Listen, you don't need my faith, and I don't need your faith. Your faith wouldn't fit me. My faith wouldn't fit you. See, the shield of faith is not a literal shield. You have to understand that Paul is using this uh, analogy here. Um, he's using a metaphor to explain to us how this works in the heavenly realm. So it's not a literal shield, but he said faith is like a shield. Your faith will shield you. Jesus has given us a measure of faith. Come on, somebody. If you were born again, you have been given the measure of faith, and it's been perfectly tailored to you. If you'll use your faith, it will work for you. You don't need my faith. We don't need famous so-and-so's faith. We have our own faith that has been tailored to us. We just simply need to use it. Again, God's given us our own measure of faith, and, it's, and it is designed to fully encompass us whenever you and I may need it. Hallelujah. Now let's look at, uh, go back to verse 10, and we'll wrap this up with this thought here. Verse 10. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, of course, remember, he said this is the most important thing. All of Ephesians 1-5 is amazing. But he said, here's the most important thing. You need, to un, un, you need to understand this. He said, finally, and then he said, be strong in the Lord. Now, Holy Spirit begins this whole section by telling us in, in order to face this level of interaction that will serve us as surface against us as we advance forward 
Holy Spirit's telling us what we will encounter as we begin to release people from bondages and declare their freedom from sickness, disease and perversions and addictions, etc. Holy Spirit is revealing the key thing that before you will ever succeed and overcome the enemy, you must first receive the power of God. So he says, be strong in the Lord. The word strong is the Greek word in duo. We get the word endowment, but it means this explosive force. This word in duo means explosive power, but this isn't just free floating power. It's a specific kind of power designed to be placed inside something. It's power designed to be fitted inside of a vessel of some kind. Holy Spirit is telling us that there is a divine power particularly designed to be placed inside you, friend. He says, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord is what they call locative case. For example, remember in Ephesians 1 where it says repeatedly, in him, in him, in whom, etc. All the benefits we read about associated with Jesus are in him. They are locked in him. There is no access to these things outside of him. They are in him, meaning you have to be born again in order to access them. There is no other source to these except Jesus. Only in him can you and I have access to them. So here, Holy Spirit is saying that there is a specially reserved divine power that is located or locked in Jesus. This power is not known outside of him. And the only way to access it is by being in him, by being born again. The Bible says that we become one with him. We are now baptized into this power. We're surrounded by this power. You and I, by right of our born again uh, birth, we have a native born right of uh, privilege to this in duo, this explosive power. Hallelujah. Now listen, you and I are so pros. We are so intimate by right of proximity to this power because we're in Christ uh, that there is no stretch, meaning there's no reaching for it. It's within our reach. It is literally accessible and apprehendable with very little effort. Oh, hallelujah, friends. You and I, we've got to believe that. We must believe it. We have need of this power in these days. Let me read that one more time. So he says, be strong in the Lord. So we've, we've, we're, we're discovering here that there is explosive power that's located in Jesus. Well, you and I are born again. So we're in him. We're one with him. We're one spirit with, with him. In him, we live and move and have our being. And so th- that, that explosive power is within reach. It's not, uh, it's not a stretch to lay hold to it. It is apprehendable, easily apprehendable. And it's because we have a native-born right of privilege to it. Hallelujah, somebody. We are just right there. Uh, it, it's one of our privileges of being in him is access to this explosive power. Now, listen, here's what Holy Spirit is saying. In order to defeat the devil, you are going to need to tap into this explosive power. Should the devil draw you into the Pele, should you be drawn into a combat? We're not looking for a fight, but should you be drawn into it? Should you uh, step into it? Uh, Again, we're not going around trying to rustle up demons, but in the process of fulfilling our mandate and calling, we should interact with one of these things. We must know 
that we are more than overcomers because there is explosive power that we have access to that is only uh, accessible in Christ. And Holy Spirit is saying, should you be drawn into a fight? I want you to release this power. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, many people have been told uh, by their parents something similar to this. Uh, now, don't you start a fight, but you better finish it. Hallelujah. Has anybody ever told you that? Well, you know, I don't know uh, if in every situation, if that's good, good counsel, but it's, it seems to be fitting in this situation here. We're not going around trying to pick a fight with the devil because ultimately he's already defeated. We are enforcing that victory, but in the process of delivering people, telling them the truth that they are set free in Christ Jesus, offering to them the message of the gospel, that delivering gospel, uh, some of these uh, powers may confront you in that process. So what do you do? Well, again, we're not starting a fight, but I'm telling you in this sense, Holy Spirit is surely telling us you've got power to finish it though. You have power to get through this situation and come out of it not smelling like smoke. Come on, somebody. You have power. You have access to power in Christ Jesus. You have exousia. You have dunamis power. There is such an explosive power that you have access to that should you find yourself in the ring, toe-to-toe, pros with a demon spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Holy Spirit saying, release the power on, on this situation in the name of Jesus. So he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of, come on, what? His might. Again, this power is only located in Christ Jesus. It's been given to us. It's accessible to us. Now, the power of his might, this Greek phrase, power, this is kratos, power, kratos. And it's demonstrated power. It's the same power that parted the Red Sea. It's the same power that created the universe. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. <clears throat> this isn't power that you theoretically believe in. Excuse me, I had to get a drink. <coughs> Excuse me. This isn't power that you theoretically believe in. This is power that you can see, touch, and feel. This is power that does something. Again, Kratos is demonstrated power. It is power that is specifically designed to manifest itself, to demonstrate itself. Again, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word might is the Greek word eskuos. And this is what it means. It refers to something like a mighty man or like a bodybuilder, you know, like, a, like, a, you know, somebody that we might think of Goliath, you know, he was huge, massively huge, other strongmen like David's mighty men or, you know, or something like some of our modern fantasy stories try and, you know, uh, uh, tell like, um, oh, I'm trying, like the Incredible Hulk. All right, it's like this massively huge person. Eskuos, might, eskuos. It means a mighty man. It means a, like something like a bodybuilder. It's someone that you would look at with amazement because they are nothing but muscle. Holy Spirit is saying, get this, know this. This is the most important thing. I have to tell you, he said that we are endued with power, that when we were born again, we were made strong in the Lord. Holy Spirit saying that we have a power working in our life that comes with manifestation and demonstration. We pray 
for example, in the name of Jesus and the arm of God and the might of God moves on our behalf behind the scenes. This is what Holy Spirit is trying to encourage us in. Hallelujah. In Luke 4, we understand that we were designed to fight and to win. Hallelujah. Jesus said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> He's a, he, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me and you to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, he has sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent us to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Hallelujah. We've been anointed to do this. And there's power available uh, through being in Christ that is to explode on the scene in order to help us push past this resistance, these obstacles that are demonically inspired, in particularly when it comes to the lives of other people. Listen, if it is true that somebody's sickness or disease is demon, you know, uh, a, a spirit of affliction, say, the Bible is overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly telling us, hey, you can explode on the scene with the name of Jesus and the power and the might that is located in Christ Jesus will be made tangible for that situation. Hallelujah. Even if it's not a demon spirit, even if it's a something that is faulty uh, or has gone wrong in the physical body, he's saying you release the name of the Lord and creative power will be made manifest on the scene to begin to heal any part of the human body that is not functioning the way it was designed to function. Hallelujah, friends. Listen, we are to be encouraging ourselves in this. We're going to need this in the days that you and I live in. These are crazy days. There's an increase in demonic activity. But I'm telling you, he's telling us, he's telling us there will also be an increase in that power and might of the Lord. Hallelujah. We might call that the glory of the Lord. That's really what it is. It's a demonstration of his glory, of his preeminence. Hallelujah. Of his authority and power over all things. Oh, Father, we just give you praise for it right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope you got something out of that. Little quick lesson here on what you and I are going to be facing. But again, let's meditate on that part where it's talking about being strong in him. Again, you need to begin to just meditate. Use your imagination to envision yourself. When you encounter some sort of demon spirit, that in him, in the power of his might, that you literally, you respond to that situation. You refute that fear. You refute that, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? That um, trespasser, because that demon spirit is trespassing. You confront it and refute it mightily. I mean, there should be a display of the power of God on the scene if you know who you are friend in him and I believe you do hallelujah well hey if we can uh, pray for you in in any way it would be our honor to do so of course you can go to our website gracecitychurch.tv you can click on prayer you can send a prayer request via an online form or you can call us 870-741-9099 press 2 leave a message somebody will get right back with you But it would be our honor to partner with you in prayer, believing God for breakthrough in your life, friend. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you were blessed today. I hope that encouraged you today. Now get out there, friends, and get some stuff done for Jesus. Hallelujah. If you are born again, if you're not, don't delay. Accept Jesus today. But if you're born again, friends, I'm telling you, 
you start meditating, you start getting strong in that power and in that might. And I'm telling you, believe it, friends. You've got something. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. You've got something on the inside of you that will help you break through the total victory in whatever situation you're facing. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, my friends, be blessed.